The way we work is rapidly changing. And we're going to talk about this with Dave Katzman. He's the head of customer experience and strategy for Onshape at PTC. Dave, tell us about Onshape at PTC and tell us about your role. Onshape was acquired just a few months ago now, about six months ago by PTC. Uh, we're the first and only fully cloud product development platform. And we've been uh, building the platform and building the product for the past seven years. And really the whole vision of, of the place we're trying to go is helping move the industry of engineering and product development forward. Dave, we talk about work, the nature of work, the future of work. How is work changing and evolving today? I think the biggest thing to think about work evolving today is it's, it's no longer just an incremental change. People are really looking to make that step function change in the way that they design, the way they build, the way that they work. And a big part of that really goes with the uh, changes of technology and platforms that are now available to people. What used to be very small marginal improvements and in, in processes is now all about completely transforming and changing uh, the way people get their jobs done fundamentally. You talk about the relationship between platforms and working differently. What is that connection? I think the biggest part to understand is, is really people and, and businesses change their the way that they work and platforms just enable that change. What used to be a tool that was there to uh, be a part of the process is now really underpinning the change in the process. And so that is really the, the biggest fundamental shift. And all of that comes about because of this, this new and innovative strength of platforms that we've now seen in the market. So Dave, tools certainly make it easier for us to change our processes and change how we work and give us new capabilities. But what are the underlying dynamics that are driving these, these changes in the way that we work? A big dynamic that's really taking place these days is really the change in the generational workforce. And so now what we're seeing with new entrants into the workforce that are far more comfortable with new technology and new ways of working and working together. People that are coming out of school today or coming out of graduate school today are just used to fundamentally collaborating and working with their peers and colleagues in new and transformative ways. And they bring that knowledge and insight with them. No longer are people used to even having desktop machines or being tethered to their desks. The concept of work from home is natural in people that are coming into the workforce today. So work has been evolving for a long period of time. But with COVID-19, it seems that there has been this rapid forcing function to accelerate this change. I completely agree with that. We all saw this change coming. What, what's happening now was you know, almost expected, but to the dramatic impact that COVID has had to accelerate it to this degree. What we've all seen is the ability for people and dynamics and processes to radically transform when there's a reason to do so, looking at the history of evolution of technology and transformations. But really, this, this crisis has really accelerated it. But the ability for people and businesses to transform, I think, has been truly uh, remarkable. As I've spoken with chief information officers, their move to the cloud, the investments in cloud infrastructure that they've made in those platforms, uniformly, they tell me, was instrumental in making the rapid shift from working in an office, having large numbers of people working in an office, to suddenly being totally distributed, working from home. Absolutely. And the thing that's been interesting for us as part of the Onshape 
uh, group has really been that we've always used these platforms, these technologies since day one. And so for us, the transformation to working from home uh, was a natural function for us. We didn't have any disruption in anything we were doing, how we were collaborating as a team, regardless of our product, our ability, mainly because we have you know, literally built our entire business using these modern technologies. What are the challenges of collaboration when you have a distributed workforce like we have today? I think the biggest challenge is just consistent communication. And so what used to maybe be a hallway conversation or an easy flyby meeting has now turned into a whole new set of formal experiences. And as we've started to see the dynamics change, I believe we've started to find new ways of recreating those moments where you don't need to have a 30-minute meeting to have a five-minute conversation. And I think that challenge of just finding that balance of interactions between your, your colleagues and, and yourself is really where it's really been the biggest struggle for people at times. What about the cultural aspect of driving this kind of change? How important is that dimension? It's critical. It is probably the most important thing is to allow people the ability to evolve and innovate. Um, something that we've seen, especially in our space, working with engineers where they're naturally, that's their entire job in the sense of innovation. But when it comes to innovating on the way that they do their jobs in the first place, it's really hard for them a lot of times because they're very risk averse by nature. And so what we've seen really be a critical component for this transformation to take place was uh, for leadership to create that, that opportunity for people under them and in their organizations to really understand and transform the way that they do their jobs and to give them that opportunity to really innovate. And it is, it's critical to have that support and that culture in and around the organization. I think that the issue of innovation is one that business leaders do get concerned about when you have a remote workforce. Absolutely. You know, a part of that is the belief that people, and this really comes back to what we were talking about earlier with collaboration, that people can't collaborate, therefore innovation gets stifled because they're working in silos. I, I fundamentally believe with these new um, new ways of working, we're actually seeing the opposite take place, which people have enough space to um, innovate, but they can do it in a way where they're actually forced to collaborate on the actual innovation itself versus just um, on their own. More people are getting involved in the process than ever before because you know people have always been distributed around the globe, around uh, different parts and different offices because there's no boundaries. I could be anywhere right now having this exact same conversation with you. So it makes it far easier, far more likely for me to bring newer voices and experiences into the conversation. Let's talk specifically now about the impact of all of this on product designers and engineers. The engineering industry has a reputation for being slow to change. I think that's a very fair uh, statement, yes. And of course, this, this change with COVID-19 has been uh, required and basically just about overnight. So how has the engineering industry coped? The truth is no change is ever easy. And especially a transformative change like what we're talking about here, it, it's, it's not going to happen overnight and nor should anyone have that expectation. The real critical component is to have the right vision and value for doing so. And so what we've really spent our time on is educating our uh, constituents, both prospects, customers, partners, in both the reason to make the transformation and show them the pathway to executing on that together. But having that vision for where they're trying to get to and having that leadership and the, the cultural, cultural uh, support for this transformation is really the critical thing. 
So most of our job is on education and on support more than anything else. You're working with some of the leading product designers, developers, and engineers in the world. And so why is that education necessary? These people are at the top of their game already. Absolutely. And, and to say it's inspiring to see what they build and how they do it is an understatement. It's, it's one of the best parts of my job is getting to work with these uh, pioneers in various different technologies. So when you're talking about a change of the order of magnitude that we're talking about, the first thing they have to understand is what's the risk to them and, and can it be done successfully? It's not that they don't believe that, that it's a good solution, there's an opportunity. It's helping them feel that they can succeed in the change and transformation. Dave, tell us about the education that you're providing to your constituency, to your stakeholders. There's really two pieces to education, uh, Michael. And the first is that we want to help them understand what we are even talking about when we talk about transformative change. And that it's not just putting a new tool in their tool belts or, or maybe swapping one tool up for another one, but it's truly reimagining their entire engineering process. And that's really the first part of the conversation. And if we don't get past that part, we don't move on to step two. And step two is all about the how. And so how do you bring your team along for the ride? How do you make sure that they have the, um, that they're set up for success with the right support system and the right timeline and expectation setting to succeed? I can certainly understand the reticence to change because, for example, if you're designing a bridge or you're designing a building or a walkway, the risk of change is that something happens in the design process that causes a flaw in the, in the resulting structure, as an example. That's absolutely true. The, the one nuance there is um, a flaw. There's so many factors in, in engineering platforms and technologies just are, are one piece of the puzzle. There's also the, the follow-on work, which really is a part of the engineering world too, which requires all the testing and, and validation that um, just changing one piece of software, one platform isn't going to, or shouldn't, assuming all the other controls are in place. Collaboration and even innovation really are back office processes that the customer doesn't see. And so draw us the, the link between these innovation and collaboration and work processes and that positive result that shows up for customers eventually. The fact that it's a back office is the really important part. And that is important to understand because we do want to be out of the way. And actually the fact that if we're doing our job really well, no one ever has to know what people use to develop or how they design their products. It just means that they're getting a new or a better product uh, in their hands more quickly. And a good example would be during this COVID crisis, how many people uh, flocked to transforming the way that they were developing these mission critical systems because they required to do them in, in a new fashion faster than they ever have before. And that was one of the biggest um, rewarding factors for us was seeing people around the world collaborating with people in some situations they've never even heard of or worked with before to develop these emergency responses uh, for this crisis. And that was one of the real, something that we've also seen as a big change in the workforce that we've been able to talk a lot about, but just the forcing function of people to get these new products out faster um, has really been exacerbated right now. That's a really interesting point that giving the customer what they, the customers ultimately want, relies upon the right type of collaboration, workflows, innovation, people working together. Customer experience is not just a kind of nice marketing term or a veneer. No, it's absolutely right. And one of the things to think about is at the end of the day, 
what you want to know is that you got the right and the best product out. You don't want to be at that final one yard line and have the situation where you're making trade-offs or making sacrifices to get the product out because of budget or time constraints. And so if you can allow people to work better earlier in the design process or earlier in the engineering process, it just so often will lead to a better end result for their customers. And that is so critical. What advice do you have for business leaders for managing this change process and to do it as well and as easily as possible? The biggest I can advocate for is creating the space for their employees and their team members to embrace change and embrace innovation, to create that opportunity. You know, we hear about it all the time. Great leaders allow people to fail. And the same has got to be true across when you're talking about transformations. You have to have your team encouraged and embracing the risk side of change in order to really, truly innovate. And I think that's what we've seen happening now more than ever. Uh, A big factor with COVID has been there was no, you, you had no choice. You had to make changes. So everyone had to be more tolerant of the risk factor. And we've seen, I think, remarkable strides in the way people have worked because of that opportunity to really Uh, force people to change. Is the willingness to embrace change and especially take risks one of the foundations of successfully managing innovation and change? Absolutely. I don't think you can truly embark on a generational change or a, a, a significant transformation without that attitude and that approach. What can business leaders do to make change easier, specifically for product designers and engineers? Business leaders, especially when it comes down to product designers and engineers, have really got to tap into the innovation sense of their team, which is so natural in the engineering community. Every engineer is innovating. That's their entire job. And to help them realize that they can use that same drive and ambition to transform and innovate on how they do their job, not just the products that they're building. And finding that uh, and creating that space for them to do that is critical. Are there key points of advice that you can offer in general to folks that are facing change and facing disruption? And in theory, we all know, yeah, it's a good thing, but it's really hard. The biggest thing I can tell everybody is it's the first step is always the hardest. And this is so, uh, you hear it all the time, but once you start to dig in and take, you know, peel back that onion, you start to see the forest and the trees. And that's really what we're we're all about. And that's why I talk so much about education and, and embracing the change. The other part is reach out in, in more networking events, uh, more collaboration with your peers and, and you know, sister and brother companies uh, that have either undergone the transformation or are trying to figure it out themselves. What we've seen time and time again is really when we bring these uh, pioneer companies and, and people together, their ability to understand what change really looks like is is magnified, really. Dave, we all know change is really, really hard, and it's so important. As we finish up, can you offer any advice in general to folks who are facing these rapid changes right now? Yeah, I think there's really two components to really embracing this. First, you have to take the first step. And you have to start peeling back the onion to understand what it would mean for you and your business to undergo uh, one of these or some of these transformations. And the other thing is you have to start to embrace the community. And, and with this remote workforce, I think that's really a unique opportunity right now in ways that have been um, severely lacking to build this community of other companies similar to yourselves and leaders similar to yourselves uh, and discuss these types of 
challenges and opportunities in a much more uh, constructive way. So if I could summarize, number one, just start, just do it. And number two, get involved with other people who are taking a similar journey as you. Perfect. Dave Katzman, Head of Customer Experience and Strategy for Onshape at PTC. Thanks so much for, for sharing your experience and your insight with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.